What makes a great doctor? Today, Dr. Robin Rose and I were discussing one of her patients. In her telling of the story, the gut guru reveals how challenging it can be to provide great medical care. Of course, this vignette shines a light on the importance of gut health, but it also demonstrates what can happen when a patient finds the right doctor, a doctor who listens. I'm Aaron Cohen, a patient in my own right, but I'm also the host of Terrain Health's podcast, Healing America. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Dr. Robin Rose. Hey, Aaron. How are you on this gorgeous Monday that we're having outside? It's so beautiful out. Well, first of all, it's already Tuesday. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? I, don't, I seriously don't even know the day of the week or the date anymore. It's unbelievable. It's May 12th. Okay. It's Tuesday. Totally thought it was Monday. Totally and thought it was Monday. I know. It already feels like a long week to me. It's interesting that you think it's just the beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's, here's the plan today. Uh, you know, typically you and I spend a lot of time talking about COVID-19, but we had a conversation earlier today, and it, 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 it's something I've wanted to do for quite a while, and I want to kick it off with the inaugural uh you know, talking about your patients with Rob, with Dr. Robin Rose. And obviously we're going to do this in a totally private way, but, and we clearly need a way better segment name. I don't have some cool name yet. Maybe our listeners will weigh in with like rapping with Dr. Robin or, <laughs> you know, something like that. But um, we had one of our conversations about your patients and I, and I said, Dr. Robin, we have to do this on a podcast so people can start to get a sense of how you think and like what it is to be a doctor and things that I think are, are just very relevant to um, me as, as, as not just your patient, but just as a patient of physicians. Uh, so can we just get into this right now? You saw someone today and I found the story just incredibly interesting and compelling. Uh, so tell us about this woman you saw earlier today. Right. So she was, you know, a lovely woman who was in her late 60s. Um, unfortunately, she had a ton of medical problems, you know, thyroid disease, neuropathy, autoimmune thyroiditis okay. leading to thyroid disease. Whoa, 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 whoa. What whoa, is whoa. thyroid disease? What is neuropathy? What are so she had high, she had low thyroid, low, low thyroid functioning, hypothyroidism from having what's called autoimmune thyroiditis. So why you is know, that your bad? body's attacking itself? Well, because you want your thyroid to function normally. <laughs> you don't want to have to have the hyper or hypothyroidism. You want to have a normal functioning thyroid, right? And, and if so, you don't, what happens to you? You have to go on medicine. Okay. So cool. So now she's, you have to go on so medication. She's taken meds so, for that. She's taking medications for all these things. Okay. She has a neuropathy where, you know, she has a sort of, it's a pain, but the pain is not a musculoskeletal pain or something like when you think of pain, it's more of a pain from your, it's a neuropathic. It's, it's, a, it's, neuro, it's 
neurologic based nerve pain. So you're a gastroenterologist who's now finding out that your patient has a neurological challenge. Well, it's, it's more like it's a peripheral neuropathy. So like her nerves outside of her central nervous system, it's not part of like the brain or spinal cord, but the nerves in certain parts of her extremities and so on and so forth are affected in a way that it gives her pain. She also has high blood pressure, high cholesterol. (laughs) She has a history of um, kidney stones and so on and so forth. So anyway, so she came to me because she was having um, gastrointestinal complaints, one of them being mostly um, related to non-ulcer dyspepsia or reflux, which is sort of like, you know, those upper, those non-descriptive upper GI complaints that you get where you have like epi, you know, discomfort right in that upper epigastric area, which is where sort of your ribs meet together. That's called like your xiphoid process right in there. And where she also complains of bloating, she complains of heartburn, she complains of nausea, you know, all these things, particularly after she eats. Okay. So, and the thing is, is that she's been on chronic medication for these upper GI complaints for years. And if she comes off of the medication, sort of like I'm, I'm sure everyone's heard of Nexium or Prevacid, you know, those are called the proton pump inhibitors. They're given for reflux disease and treating ulcers and so on and so forth. So when she comes off of those, she basically um, gets symptomatic right away. So she was coming to me because she did come off of the medications because her primary care doctor took her off of it because it's not good to be on these medicines long-term. And she wanted to see what we could do for her. So you concurred with the primary care physician, but she still had a problem. Yeah, she's really uncomfortable. I mean, she actually has heartburn all day. She has that epigastric abdominal discomfort all the time. She's bloated. All, like she feels terrible. Like her quality of life is not fantastic being off of the medication. So, you know, she might need a short course, you know, because I'm still a conventionally trained doctor. Um, and you, there is a time and place for RX and for pharmaceutical intervention, in which case she may need this until we get her in the right place where we heal her gut, get get her gut optimized, her gut health optimized rather, and get her nutrition shifted in a way that's going to really help heal her gut. And then I can wean her off of these. But that's the problem. Like none of this was discussed with her or really hammered hard, you know, into her about doing these things. So that's why she's in the place she's in. But Dr. Robin, you told me that Mm -hmm. this woman used to be a vegan and now she's quite heavy, Right. right? I mean, what happened? So basically she... I, it was funny. It was so fascinating because I started talking to her about that. I wanted her to, to go dairy free. I wanted her to start having more of a plant-based diet. Not that she can't have some lean protein, you know, what, you know, chicken or ground Turkey that's organic and antibiotic and hormone free and so on and so forth. And I wanted her to have a diet very high in phytonutrients, really incorporating all those color in the rain, all the colors of the rainbow into her diet throughout the day. And the bulk of her meals should be those phytonutrients. 
Okay. And she turned around and said to me, oh my God, Dr. Rose. She goes, my son and I used to eat like this for years and we were vegetarian, borderline vegan, you know, and I was so thin and I was in great shape. And she said, and then because of all of these kidney stones that I used to get, she got this type of kidney stone called calcium oxalate kidney stones, which are actually the most common stones that people get. And the doctor at the time said to her, sorry, I have to take a sip of water, said to her, well, you have to stop eating all of these foods that <coughs> consist of the bulk of your diet, including nuts, you know, nut butters, you know, different, tons of different fruits, including straw and not including raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, all these beautiful things that she was incorporating into her diet, she had to now take out. And then because of that, she explained to me that she just slowly slipped back into, you know, that eating that standard American diet. And she just never went back. And she gained a ton of weight. You know, she's in the 200s. And, you know, sadly, you know, she sort of almost had tears in her eyes, because I said to her, that's ridiculous, you can eat some of these things. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's problematic. It's problematic as physicians that we don't, we don't know this we don't know this information. We don't understand nutrition to the level that we should. And a lot of our patients are just left hanging out, hanging out there with, with not enough answers and they're left on their own to figure this out. So, so, so where did you, where did you leave it with her? I mean, you know, where, how does a, yeah. an appointment like this end? So, okay. So first of all, I just want to let everyone know, I did put her back on her PPI. I put her back on that medication for her reflux. I put her also on a histamine blocker, Pepsid, at night because she gets early morning symptoms and symptoms throughout the day. And our and our goal is, is that we're gonna meet again in four to six weeks and we're going to see where she is based on the nutritional shifts and the mindset that we talked about these, you know, that is around these nutritional shifts that we set goals for her and she, the goal, actually, I'm sorry, I even spoke, the, the goal will be once she institutes the changes that we spoke about from a nutritional and lifestyle standpoint, that then we'll wean her off slowly. And then likely she'll stay off because if she does these things, right, she's going to lose weight. She's going to feel so much better because the weight's off of her. The reflux is going to get better naturally because she won't have all that abdominal visceral fat that's like pushing on her sphincter that 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 sphincter that um it's that flap between where the esophagus turns into the stomach and if there's pressure there all the time that's making it incompetent that's why she's having heartburn and the acids coming back up so if if we do all these things and then also she'll be able to exercise with more ease and she'll be able to get out there i mean she already told me she walks with her dog a lot. She gets out and walks a lot, which is great, but you know, she can improve upon that exercise as well. So I basically told her we had to fix her gut, that she definitely has a form of leaky gut and dysbiosis. And the main way we're going to do that is by the nutritional modifications I just, I just said to you. I just so, told you that. Mm -hmm. So how much time did you spend with her? I spent with her probably 35, 40 minutes. So I, that's a, she was, that, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a pretty long appointment. She she was very scared, actually. It was sort of sad. She was scared and concerned about putting some of these foods back into her diet. But I gave her options and choices. We talked about how it's so important to eat everything in moderation, that she can cycle some of the vegetables and the fruits. She should cycle them, you know, throughout the week and not always having all of those things in one day, right? We talked about uh, she she barely drinks any water. So someone with her weight, you know, she was, you know, her weight was, you know, in the mid two hundreds, and so she should be at least having one hundred and twenty ounces of water a day. I mean, she told me she doesn't even probably even get like close to thirty ounces. So we're gonna really, you know, uptick that water intake on her, which also will help with with stone kidney stone formation. So that's another thing that was never addressed. I mean, she really has to really stay very well hydrated. So in the face of take, you know, introducing these new foods and staying really hydrated, that's important. But also what's important is the types of foods and the types of things we discussed eating. Okay. And this is very important. So when you eat foods that are high in oxalates, okay, and there's a ton of foods like, like the good foods, you know, wheat, things that have wheat in them, nuts, nut butters, sesame seeds, um, blackberries, blueberries, raspberries, a lot of these things have high oxalates. Spinach is another good vegetable, good example. So I said to her, you know, there are certain other vegetables and other types of foods she can start introducing her into her diet, such as what we call sprouted foods, sprouted grains, um, sprouted oats, sprouted uh, steel cut oats, uh, seeds, lentils, beans, those things. And the reason is, is because they actually contain these foods themselves. It's so fascinating. They contain this enzyme called phytate. Okay. And what the phytate does when it's built into the food is it basically breaks down these, these chemicals in the food, like phytic acid and oxalate acid, you know, from, you know, get it, oxalate, it breaks it down into a form that is better absorbed by the body. So she'd be less likely to precipitate these calcium oxalate stones. Does that make sense? Because it it does. What doesn't make sense is why, why she, why did she get kidney stones in the first place? And if, if hydration helps kidney stones, why didn't her previous doctor tell her that? Why is she drinking so little water? Well, I don't, I don't, well, it definitely will help. I mean, I think, right. The overlying theme was getting rid of these, foods that were, um, that were high in, ox- in oxalates, right? But, um, but the main thing to understand is that pe- there's people, they're, they're called, it's almost like a, it is genetically based in a way that there's people that are, they're called promoters and inhibitors. So some people have these specific um, enzymes and so on and so forth that, and compounds that break down the oxalates better. And some people are, they call them promoters when you, you know, read about the research behind this and they're, they don't, they're not able to break it down. So they're more apt to form the calcium oxalate stones um, in your renal, in your renal system. So when you eat foods that are high in oxalate, you know, they're supposed to be, you know, you want them to be broken down in your body, but the person, this person in particular, she can't break it down. She's probably what we call a promoter. So she lacks these certain enzymes that I'm talking about to break it down naturally. So someone like her is a great candidate. 
to take, you know, to eat these, um, these enzymes, these sprout, I mean, these sprouted foods that have the spitase enzyme. And what could be great for her, which I actually didn't discuss with her, which I will when I have my follow up with her, is that I will tell her to maybe even take digestive enzymes because a really good digestive enzyme has the phytase enzyme in it. So it will help her break these, the oxalate down. So we're getting into the so, nitty gritty of this and, particular yeah. patient. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the reality mm -hmm. is though, that some patients succeed and some patients fail. And mm -hmm. I want you to talk about like, why do you think it's going to work out with this woman? And if it doesn't, how will you feel about it? Well, right. So, and I, can I just make one other point though, that was really important pertaining to, to terrain sure. health. Um, the other main thing too, and, and that's why I really went after her gut is our gut bacteria actually break these, these substances down too. So if you have bad gut flora, which likely she does, she probably has a broken microbiome because she has all of these other chronic medical issues, right? And no one's probably ever addressed her gut. That is why she is where she is, including the issues with her kidney stones. So really by shifting, it, shifting her nutrition and making these changes like we talked about, that's going to really start helping her repair her gut and her gut microbiome, okay? Now, I would have put her on a probiotic But why didn't too. you? Why didn't and some you? other things. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I didn't give her a pro because you got to listen. You have to really listen to the patient. She was in, she was so moved by me spending the time I spent with her to explain all this. And she said at one point that she's on such a strict budget because she only gets social security. You know, she's a Medicare patient. She only gets social security. So, um, you know, so that really upset me. And I said, to myself and I said to her, well, there's some things that we could use, but I'd rather you spend the money on getting the good food for your body right now and taking those steps of sort of taking the bad stuff out of your house and your pantry and putting the good stuff in. So that's where we're going to start for her. I think that's the most important thing. And she was so happy that she could eat these things again without hopefully, you know, getting these you know, kidney stones, which we all know are, well, most people are akin to the fact that it's very painful to pass a kidney stone. So, you know, we worked it out and we came up with a so, plan. And, and and then I was so fascinated by the whole thing that I even researched it more. And I realized she can even take these, you know, I collaborated with some, co with some uh, colleagues of ours and we figured us some other cool things out and we're going to, you know, introduce the phytase enzyme in the form of digestive enzymes too. So I'm going to get so back to her on that as well. Are you telling me that Medicare takes care of her Nexium or whatever medications you prescribe, but she can't get any probiotics through Medicare? That's a thousand percent. So correct. fundamentally. Or digestive enzymes or vitamin D or omega-3s, none of those will be taken care of by uh, conventional right. insurance. Plans. So I, I think this now speaks to this theme that, that, that you've educated me on, that you know, healing the gut is not a pharmaceutical enterprise. It's a nutritional enterprise. And 
our system's not set up for that. Yeah, and supplement and and su- and supplement and, and our system yes. doesn't Both, provide that at large for the population. No. So, you know, no. One of the challenges we face at Turin Health is we're building this practice that, unfortunately, like, you know, we we've got to figure out how to make it affordable for people, and it's a real challenge. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to embark on that challenge because. Um, so much of what you want to prescribe well, he, is not covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's why, obviously, the platforms we're using, we're trying to find, um, well, that we did find, actually, we know these uh, nutraceutical products are scientifically backed. They're the best out there. They, they are the, they're the most bioavailable. And the platform that we use is, cheaper than a lot of the other online platforms that people usually go to, which I loved. Plus we discount it for our patients. And plus, you know, they have other, you know, cool things built into it, like free shipping and stuff. So we're trying to give that to our patients. And you know that I've said that once we really built this, this practice and this program, our, our um, goal and dream is to bring it to the communities and to, get as much out there as we can, because then we'll be in a position well, I mean, where Dr. we Robin, can do that. What's really interesting right? is to think about so, how this is one patient of the, you know, dozens of patients you see a week, hundreds of patients a month, thousands of patients over the course of your lifetime. And you often say that these patients would benefit so much from working together to get healthy that there's a community dynamic here. And I think about this woman and I think she's alone in this journey. She's alone. She doesn't even have, she's, she's alone. She, she's, she lives alone. You know, it was so sad. I mean, we were talking for such a long time and you know, she said, she just, she was literally like, she was thanking me over and over again. And I told her, you know, how it was a pleasure. You know, I think I even said I love you at the end because I really fell in love with her. She was just this beautiful, endearing, you know, you know, woman. And she just needed some guidance. That's it. And some help. And I remember the thing that that struck her the most that I said to her was when we were talking all about this and, you know, really thinking about instituting this and being serious about it. I said, don't you want to live your years growing older, healthier and not sicker and she looked at me and she said oh my god dr rose you just hit the nail on the head you know and and that was it and i think that really got her into a good headspace about it and i think she's going to be i really think she's going to be successful i the reason i wanted you to tell this story is because i hear you know three of these stories a week Mm. you and i spend a lot of time talking (laughs) about this and ultimately it's Mm -hmm. the humanity of these patient interactions that i think inform how you think about healing America, right? This is an example of healing mm-hmm. America. And um, I don't know, it's just for me, very profound and kind of spiritual. And I, 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 I'm really rooting for this woman. And I feel like the deck is kind of stacked against her. She's not wealthy. She's alone. It's challenging. Yeah, she's not, but there's things I can make, right. But like I said, there's things like as we get off the ground, there's things that we can start, there's things that we can start, you know, doing for her, I think, like, we can start getting these community based um, seminars, and so on and so forth up for people like this. And
we lost you there. Yeah, I think it could be something very. Yeah, I agree. Well, look, um, this has been another cool episode, kind of a different episode of Healing America. And what I like about it is, you know, amidst the backdrop of this pandemic, you know, people are sick without COVID-19. Lots and lots of people are sick. That's right. And we've got to continue to address that one gut at a time, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, and listen, you know, she's a perfect example. She's someone that's a a very high-risk patient to, if she did contract it, she likely might not do well because of all of her comorbidities. So if we can heal her and we can get her to a better place on multiple, you know, on all these levels, you know, given her medical history, she, you know, will really do much better in the long run, um, you know, when she's faced with, you know, the flu, you know, winter viruses, so on and so forth. So I, I think it's, it will help her all around. I really do. Well, we're all rooting for her. This has been another episode of Healing America. Uh, I am Aaron Cohen, the patient of Dr. Mm-hmm. Robin Rose and her uh, business partner. And who are you? Dr. And Robin I am Rose. Dr. Rose, co-founder of Terrain Health. <laughs> so. um, take care, everybody. Yep. Be well. Stay safe. If you are interested in learning more about Terrain Health, please follow us on all the social media outlets, but particularly Instagram and Facebook, where we are at Go Terrain Health, G-O Terrain Health. You should also absolutely subscribe to this podcast uh, because it makes me like particularly happy. And uh, we also have a newsletter that comes out once a week, and you can subscribe to that at terrainhealth.org. Our practice will launch formally this month. Uh, we are seeing some patients right now in certain capacities, so please feel free to email us at info at The content in this podcast is for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always seek the advice of your personal physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or use of any supplements or treatments that we talk about in our conversation. Thanks very much.